Welcome back to Being You 365. My name is Cindy Troutman. I am your host. And today I have the pleasure of having a special guest with me. She is very dear to me. 23 years ago, she came into this world and changed all of our lives. She's a very creative, artistic, dynamic young woman. Um, she is internally and externally beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you my niece, Chloe Simone. <laughs> Everyone. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Chloe. Today, I really wanted to have my audience get to know you. And one of the things I wanted to talk about with you is your life plans in terms of what you want to do with yourself as a young woman at 23 years old. I think you're a positive role model for a lot of black girls. And I wanted to share your story with them, but also talk about something that you've been struggling with forever. Okay, so we'll start off on, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to. Okay, um, so as you said, I am 23. Um, I'm currently a student at Bunker Hill Community College. Um, I've been going there for about a year and a half, um, and I should be transferring soon to a four-year school, um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I plan to major in psychology and business. My hope is that I can open some counseling offices and in there I would cater to primarily people of color and underrepresented underrepresented communities um, and give them counseling, give them holistic care. Uh, and that's that's my goal. Okay. If I were to introduce you and I said my niece has sickle cell, is that the politically correct way to describe the disease or how, how do I phrase that? Yeah, so you could definitely introduce um, someone with sickle cell as, you know, this is my loved one that, you know, suffers from sickle cell disease or sickle cell anemia. Um, one term that personally growing up I really didn't like um, was calling us sicklers. Um. Um, it just, that term kind of felt like sickle cell was our whole self. Mm. Um, and I didn't like that label. Um, but a lot of us call ourselves sickle cell warriors. And I like that term because it's a lot more positive, a lot more um, encouraging. Oh. Chloe, what is sickle cell? So sickle cell is a blood disease. It um, means that some of my red blood cells are shaped like sickles, they're crescent moons. And naturally when you you get cold, your veins shrink a bit. And so those sickled cells are also, not only are they mal-shaped, they're also sticky. And so they'll get they'll stick onto other cells and get stuck in the veins. And this causes a lot of pain, it causes blood clots, and can cause a lot of other complications. Okay, so in terms of having the sickle cell, how has that impacted you? Uh, well, sickle cell is a lifelong journey. Um, I've had it since I was born and I'll have it until the day I die. There are a few treatments um, there, I wouldn't necessarily say there's a cure, there's a bone marrow transplant, but the, there are high chances that your body will, also, will reject the bone marrow, so I, I wouldn't even go as far to call it a cure. Um, but there are very few medicines that actually treat the sickle cell itself. Um, they're mostly um, pain medicines that help deal with the side effects and complications. Okay, so in terms of, you mentioned the treatments, have you, because I know a lot of people go for trials, have you been able to get into any trials? Have you attempted to get into any trials? 
Um, so I did do this one trial um, when I was maybe 14. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if I actually got the medicine because they had a control group and an experiment group and one group actually got the medicine and another group basically got oxygen. And because it's an experiment, I didn't know which I got. Um, Though I, I haven't heard much about that one in particular, I'm actually starting a new medicine now called Adacvio. Um, and it's one of the most recently released drugs um, for sickle cell, um, specifically for sickle cell. And I say that because a lot of the time, um, the drugs that were used for sickle cell patients were actually cancer patients that they noticed may or may not help. Um, so I was also on um, hydroxyurea for a long time, which was a very low dose chemo. Um, and I'm actually still taking that. And so with these new medicines coming out, the hope is that they are successful um, and I'll no longer need to take, you know, low dose chemotherapy. Okay. So it, unfortunately, the the only option right now is to take the the that the new drugs will work, mm -hmm. but they will work to maintain what like what are they working to do? So Adacvio, um, if it works, it can reduce the amount of crises you have by half. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how many crises do you currently get? Like uh, per year, I'd say I have four to six crises. Okay. Clearly, that has impacted your education. Like, mm -hmm. how does, when you go through a crisis, how long do they typically last? And what is your experience in that? Yeah, so a, a crisis can last anywhere from a few hours, a few days, to a week, mm. to a month. Um, I've actually been in the hospital, uh, the longest time was a month. Um, and that definitely has significant impacts in my education. Um, I, and then it's not only the time that I'm in the hospital, but it's the time that I'm at home. You know, there's a recovery period as well. Um, and so going through school, it was really challenging for me. Um, I had to have countless meetings with my teachers and my parents and even my doctors coming to the school to explain to my teachers, like, this is what's happening. You know, you really have to accommodate me for me to be successful. And, you know, I actually experienced a lot of pushback from schools at, at, at certain points. Um, but thankfully, I was able to graduate from high school. Now I'm in college. Um, and I've learned um, through just trial and error that taking a reduced course load is really, really important for me. So at this point, I only take maybe one to three classes at a time. Um, taking a full course load is just very overwhelming. Um, and let's say I get sick and then I have to do all that makeup work and then it's it just kind of is a big cycle that okay. is tough, yeah. So you mentioned you've gotten pushback from teachers from the schools. What type of pushback did you get? Yeah, so in middle school, um, I went to a pretty rigorous charter school and they wanted to keep me back because I was missing school and I didn't, I, apparently there was, I didn't complete enough work for me to pass to the next grade. So um, my parents were big fighters for me, big advocates for me, and they were able to accommodate. So I went to summer school and I had a, a personal tutor in summer school and I was able to complete the year. Oh, good, okay. So as an adult, mm -hmm. now that you're in college, do you find that your professors are accommodating 
as um, your middle school? Um, I've only had issues with one English teacher who, you know, the mornings could be kind of tough for me. Um, and I would get to that class a, a bit late and she told me, if you're more than 10 minutes late to my class, don't even bother coming. Wow. And when I asked my, um, the disabilities office for help, they were kind of like, well, there's nothing we could do. What about guidance counselors? Were there any guidance counselors assigned to you? No. Okay. No. Um, and so I ended up just dropping that class. Um, but other than that, everyone has been pretty um, willing to work with me. Um, if I need an extension, they'll give me extensions. You know, I'll just let them know like, hey, like I probably won't make it to class today. Can you email me the work? Um, and they have been pretty accommodating in that way. Okay. In, pre in prior conversations, we had talked about um, when you're going through a crisis, the experience that you have in the hospitals. Have you received, so let me back up, have you had any pushback from hospitals when you um, are in crises and helping you? Like, has that been an issue for you at all? Uh, well, I've been very fortunate um, that I have not received too much pushback. Um, I have a very close relationship with all of my doctors. And if I do have a problem, let's say when I go into the ER, uh, I'll just call my doctors up and like, hey, this is going on. Um, and so they've been very helpful. Um, and thankfully, luckily I've had a good experience, but I know many other sickle cell warriors don't have that experience. Okay, so what have been some of the experiences that they've talked with you about that they were not so fortunate? Yeah, so I'm a part of a few sickle cell groups on Facebook and there we share experiences, we ask questions, um, we post encouragement, um, but a lot of what is posted is um, people talking about how they've been mistreated, how, you know, they've been labeled as drug seekers or, you know, their nurses will take extra long to give them medicine or give them medicine late because of whatever reason. And just a lot of kind of discriminatory things against them. Okay. So you touch on two things. Let me ask you about the first piece mm -hmm. so you said drug seekers mm -hmm. what do you mean drug seekers so they don't believe that you're in pain yeah and they just think that you want the drugs just for the sake of having the drugs yeah isn't there an evaluation process when you're admitted that shows them that you're going through crises uh, so you could take blood and you could look at our blood counts and see the levels of our red blood cells and white blood cells, but it doesn't always show up. Um, sometimes your levels could be normal, but you're still experiencing pain. And then later down the line, your blood will start to show some changes, okay. but, um, you know, and the, I have heard um, stories about even their tick count will be way low and the doctors are still like, well, we're not giving you any medicine. We can't treat you. You need to go home. Then now you guys are mislabeled as drug seekers. Yeah. Wow. While you're in pain. Yeah. Okay. And you know, one, one, one's mind might go to think, well, sickle cell is a predominantly African-American disease and many of these people you know going are treated by now white doctors who might not have a whole lot of knowledge about this disease and so they see this person asking for 
Dilaudid, mm. morphine, oxycodone, and by name, because you guys have been through this yeah. already. Yeah, we so could tell you, you the we could tell you the dosage and everything. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, based off of just uh, for face value, they're judged. Mm. Okay. So that's interesting because you hear a lot about cancer, and yet there doesn't seem to be a lot of talk about sickle cell. Like you have the cancer walk. Is there a sickle cell walk? Like, is there events that are organized by organizations to raise awareness and research for sickle cell? There are, but they are significantly smaller okay. um, than the other diseases. Sickle cell is also one of the least funded diseases as well. Um, so not a whole lot of resources go to awareness. Right. And so I would imagine if there's not a lot of research, even educating physicians on how to care for sickle patients is lacking. Like that's not typically done. So as a, as a sickle cell survivor, um, do you have any words of encouragement that you can say to other people experiencing difficulties, one, in the um, educational system? Because you seem to have definitely thrived in terms of being in college now. Is there anything that you can say to them to, so, to give them encouragement in terms of advocating for themselves at that level? Yeah, um, I would say educate yourselves because you have rights and there are certain things when you're in the hospital, let's say, and a doctor's not treating you right, there are certain steps that you can take that to have them written up per se, to make a complaint against them that will actually get you what you need. and. If you don't know, you can't do anything about it. And so I would say educate, educate, educate. And it goes it goes um, the same way with school. You have certain rights. You have certain accommodations. Thank you for sharing with me what sickle cell is as a disease. Now, let's talk about what sickle cell does to you as a person, like the physical toll and the emotional and the mental toll that it has on you. Sickle cell is dubbed the pain disease. It can happen anywhere in your body, typically in your joints, um, and it can be so debilitating that I won't be able to walk. Um, I won't be able to move my arm. And so that makes it almost impossible to go to school, to go to the grocery store. Um, and so because of this excruciating pain, I'll have to take these heavy narcotics, these heavy medicines. And if those don't work, then I have to go to the hospital to get IV medication. Um, and when I'm in the hospital, I could be there for days and days and days. And that really does take a toll, not only on your body, but on your, your mental state. Um, I have gone into depression uh, many times just because I, didn't know how I was gonna get out of this, you know? I, I couldn't imagine me living this way, having this disease and having a successful career and supporting a family. And so that really does take a toll on your mental state. Um, and then I also experienced a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, going back to school made me really anxious. Um, seeing my classmates again, thinking like, oh, I'm gonna have to explain all this, made me really nervous. Um, so it is definitely a physical disease, but it has a lot of mental tolls as well. Mm -hmm.
as an adult now, what are some of your thoughts about managing this condition that you have? I realize that communication is absolutely key. So as an adult, um, you stated that communication is key for you in terms of managing who knows what. Mm -hmm. um, do you recommend a communication plan? Because I know we talked about that before. Like, do you have a communication plan established in terms of who knows where you are? Like, how do you manage being an adult as an independent person, but also giving people enough information to help you? Yeah, I think, you know, making sure you have a plan with your doctor. Um, I have a plan, so if I'm in the ER and it's a new doctor that I've never seen before that doesn't know a thing about me, they could look up in my file, okay, Chloe takes this medicine every four hours at this dose. And so no matter who is seeing me, they know what my treatment plan is. Treatment plan. Now let's talk about that. You mentioned um, that some hospitals consider sickle cell warriors as drug seekers, but you have a treatment plan. How does, is that something that you carry with you or do you go to the same hospital in order so that you are not labeled a drug seeker, but more so the need for these high dosage or these strong meds are understood for your condition? I go to the same hospital, so all my information is there for them to look up. Okay. So then you think that would happen for, for um, sickle cell warriors if they go to different hospitals with different nurses and doctors who don't understand their condition, where the labeling can come? Mm hmm Okay. Yeah, I mean, they would probably have to have something that they could walk around with, something that's tangible that they could give, because not all hospitals use the same systems. Okay. Um, but you know, that is definitely something that they could talk to their doctors about having. Okay. Do you feel that, that sickle cell warriors can benefit from some type of device, gadget, documentation, something that they take with them so that wherever the sickle cell crisis occurs, people know how to treat them. I think that would be awesome to have, especially if you're not around the hospital that you're used to. Let's say you're in a different state, um, then they would know immediately what to do with you. So yeah, that could be an awesome idea. Okay. As a sickle cell warrior, do you ever experience depression or isolation? Because I know you talked about the anxiety that you, feel, you felt about starting school again, but deeper than that, have you ever experienced depression or isolation? Yeah, I've definitely experienced um, depression and, you know, having uh, chronic illness can be very isolating. Uh, not everyone knows what sickle cell is. Um, and even if they did, they don't know what it's like to be in my shoes. Uh, so, you know, going through school, I did have a tough time kind of connecting with my peers. A lot of them just didn't understand like why I was absent so much. Um, and I didn't have many friends. And I hear that that's actually a common story amongst sickle cell warriors that you know, they're misunderstood and they spend so much time alone in the hospital that they don't always get to connect with people their age. Okay, but there is a community that the Sickle Cell Warriors have formed themselves to establish that socialization that they lack in school amongst each other. Because you went to a Sickle Cell camp, right? Mm -hmm. Sickle Cell Warrior I went camp. To, I went to Hole in the Wall Gang camp. 
and it's a camp for kids with different disabilities. They have, um, and it, it goes by week. So they have a week for cancer, they have a week for autoimmune diseases, they have a week for sickle cell. And I went for, I think like seven years straight um, to the sickle cell week and it was the best thing ever. Um, I got to not only meet other kids with sickle cell, but I also got to do activities with them. They had a pool, a heated pool. I could never go in pools before because I can't get in cold water, but I was able to go and swim and, you know, have fun. And, you know, those relationships that I made then have been lasting relationships up until now. I know it's hard and you feel alone and discouraged and also in pain, but it ends. The pain always ends. And what's important is that you keep your head up and you just look to the future and plan your future. Because your future is bright. Because your future is bright. I want to thank you guys for listening. And please, if you are capable, please donate to some sickle cell funds, donate blood, donate bone marrow. All these things are super helpful for people with sickle cell and you could make a difference.